Cap City. And good morning to you online as well. It's such an honor. It is such an honor that I'm able to stand here today before you and a privilege. Folks, over the last couple of years, uh, things have been really strange, haven't they? You know, uh, we were advised that it's healthier for us to stay at home. We were advised not to go to the grocery store, to order everything online and let them bring it out of the store when you come by to pick it up. We've been advised to stay away from crowds. We've been in been school shut down and kids uh, work from home on their studies and parents work from home because, you know, they don't want us to come back together because of COVID. And, you know, many people uh, weren't even able to work because the factories were shut down and, and different things like that. We were in advised, let's not, let's not celebrate birthdays. Let's not celebrate Thanksgiving. Let's not celebrate Christmas. You know, don't, don't come together. If you're going to celebrate that, just do it with your own little family unit, not like you used to. And, you know, uh, hospitals and nursing homes, man, close their doors to uh, relatives and friends uh, to want to come in and visit people, and we couldn't do that. Funeral services and weddings were scaled down to smaller numbers, and man, you take a look at our borders, and uh, during the last couple of years, there was times it was shut down that wouldn't allow people to travel in, nor were allowing people to travel out. Many businesses, many businesses were shut down. Businesses required people to wear a mask, and I've found a little humor in that one because if you walk into a bank with a mask on, you used to get arrested, you know, but nowadays they won't let you in without one, you know, and so it's kind of weird how all that come about, you know, there are times, man, that life just doesn't make any sense at all, and there's times that we get so wrapped up in what's going on around us, we lose focus on what is really, really the best. And during the last, the past year, Doc has led us through a series of sermons based on Luke 9, 23. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Now this series, folks, was designed for the Jesus followers to focus on their life with God and how a Jesus follower should focus on what is best. Now, to realize that living life for God, God's way, uh, holds a different values than those uh, that are not burdensome. They're just values that bring, they bring peace. They will bring hope. They'll even bring contentment. But folks, today as we close out this series, let's look at three phrases. Uh, we've been kind of camped on 1 John, the book of 1 John, and we're going to go back to there. Uh, those three phrases were going to be found in chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, and we're beginning in verse 1. We're going to be looking at those first five verses together. If you would, please, they'll be on the screen and just read along with me. So that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now, that's the first phrase I want you to zero in on, born of God, okay? And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is, here's your second phrase, love for God. This is love for God, and he says to keep his commandments. Then he goes on. Then he says, and, the, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. 
Who is it that overcomes the world? There's your third phrase. It's he that is all, excuse me, this is all about for you and for me to overcome the world, folks. Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Christ. Let's take a look at these three phrases together. I want to look at born, we're born of God, we love God and obey His commands, and overcomes the world. Those three phases of phrases is what I want to focus on today. So let's take it down to the very first one, being born of God. Now look, but there's also a great little path that goes along with that. He says, you're born, you obey, you overcome. Okay, you're born, you obey, you overcome. Now, folks, we follow this path that you're born, you obey, and you overcome. Guess what? You win. You win. We like to be winners. But there's the path that we need to follow to be winners. So let's take a look at that first phrase. Being born of God or born again is not just some buzzword that belongs to a certain group of Christians or to a certain denomination, folks. We need to be as sure in our own mind and in our own heart of what this means, what means to be born again and how important that is to each one of us when we are born again we are made a part of the family of God now folks I don't know about you but I'm, I'm excited that I'm a part of the family of God now to me to me that that's just flat out amazing now think about it think about it the one and only true God loves me loves you so much that he wanted you to be a part of his family, and he made a way for you to be a part of his family. That's awesome, folks. Now, let me kind of explain it down in, in our terms today, maybe a little bit better. Now, think of yourself as an orphan living in a group home, and you've been there as long as you can remember. And one day, this couple walks in whom you've never seen before, and they choose to adopt you right on the spot. They don't ask any questions about your past. They don't ask how long you've been in the home. They want nothing on your background at all. They look at you and say, I want you. I want to adopt you. I want to take you home and make you a part of my family with all the fringe benefits that comes with that. And folks, when we are born again, we become a part of a much larger family, what we call the family of God, a family of brothers and sisters who's supposed to share in our joys of life as well as in the tough times. But folks, being a part of a family of God goes much deeper than just having brothers and sisters and, and to share life together. We have been born into God's love, and His love lives within us. We have been born into God's love, and His love lives within us. Now, that's pretty awesome. A life encompassed in his love. Think of that, man. That's where we are. And the great God has placed his spirit in us. That's his design. In fact, this spirit that he placed in us is to help us to learn to love his way. But his spirit will not force us in any way, shape, or form to love God's way. It's left up to each one of us to choose that love. Because when we choose to love God's way, guess what? We become a winner. 
And the opposite of that is if you don't choose God's love, you lose. You're born, you obey, you win. Pretty simple, isn't it? Pretty, pretty simple. Learning to love God, learning to love God's way is the process, though. It's the process that every Jesus follower, I believe, must go through. When we are born again, we don't instantly become, begin to love God's way and love everybody the same way. It's a growing process, something we choose to do. You know, as I said last week, and I'm sure everybody remembers what I said last week, that love is a choice. The more we choose God's way to love, the better we get at loving one another. The better we get is even accepting God's love for us. It's just like learning to play an instrument. Now, folks, just because I own a guitar doesn't mean I know how to play it. Well, it takes practice to learn how to play an instrument. It takes practice for me to, to get better at playing an instrument. It takes practice to learn new chords. It takes practice to learn new rhythms and key changes. It takes practice to get better at playing that guitar. Even if I don't feel like practicing, I need to go ahead and do it anyway because of what I will gain. You see, when I make God's way of loving a priority, I will see the benefits of obeying his commands. I will see that gain. So when we're born again, we're born into his love, and we need to live in that love his way. So now I want to turn your attention then to the next part of the text. See what the Apostle John says about love God and keep his commands. He says, in fact, this is love for God. Did you catch that? This is love for God to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome as we allow the love of God to continue to grow in us our priorities begin to change to obey his commands become a major priority to us folks I remember <laughs> when I uh, joined the, the army uh, they sent me off to boot camp wow man what a culture shock I arrived at Fort Polk Louisiana somewhere in the neighborhood of about 3 a.m. on a Saturday morning and before the bus even stopped, I heard the drill sergeant, or at least I heard somebody hollering at me, and hollering at the people on the bus, and come to find out it was drill sergeant. They were hollering to get off the bus before the bus even stopped. You know, fall in, fall in, fall in. And I'm thinking, fall into what? You know? Well, I, I, I quickly learned the, what formation meant. And uh, after about 25 push-ups on a gravel parking lot, I learned very quickly I needed to follow what the drill sergeant said. No matter how silly I thought it was, or even if I didn't understand, I needed to do it. It was things like when I was issued my pair of boots, two pairs of boots, right on the back side of the top, right there, on the back of the boot, they put a little dot of permanent ink on one pair of boots. Now, how silly is that? Well, the whole deal about the boot thing is that way they could tell which pair of boots you're wearing every day. And so the drill sergeant would come by to make sure I was checked out that all the guys either had dots on the back of their boots or they didn't. Because what they wanted you to do is be able to have one, you didn't want to take one pair and clean them all up and spit polish them and put them up for display. 
That's what they wanted. That way you had to rotate and clean all the boots all the time. Well, certain way you had to make your bunk. 45 degree angle on the sheets and the, and the blankets. Never made any sense to me. But you know what? That's what they said. So that's what I had to do. Matter of fact, they made you stretch your sheets and blankets so tight that you could take a quarter and flip it on the top of that bunk and it would bounce. And somebody's looking at me like, what military have you been in? That's the way it was. You know, matter of fact, I even had certain days that I had to clean the latrine. I'll let you be at your own imagination on that one. And I was told that when to get up, when to eat, when I could do this. Matter of fact, as a kid, when I was 19 years old, I thought, now how stupid is all this stuff going on? But I learned to obey every order that the drill sergeant gave me because it wasn't because I loved the guy. It wasn't because I loved him that I obeyed him, but because I had to. Now, you know what I eventually understood? I understood that through all this silliness, the drill sergeant wasn't being mean to me. No. He was conditioning me, growing me up. Growing me up to be a better person. Growing me up that I would love something bigger than myself. Not just a better person, but a better man. He was forming me into a soldier. A soldier that would obey orders without second-guessing the command at all. As we grow in the love of God, we begin to understand that obeying commands of God is the best way to live our life. Folks, I finally understood what the drill sergeant was doing for me, and we need to understand and believe God is, has his best interest in mind for us. He wants to mold and shape us into a better person, a person that doesn't live them for themselves, but lives outside themselves by living life for God, God's way, even when it doesn't make any sense. Listen to me. Listen. I didn't think the drill sergeant's commands made a whole lot of sense, but I obeyed him. I eventually understood we need to understand. Living our life God's way is not meant to be a hardship. It is not part of God's plan to make, us, make our lives miserable. God sent Jesus into this world to show us what true abundant life is all about. A true abundant God-honoring life even looks like. Look with me at John chapter 10 and verse 10. He says, I have come that they... I added the part you, okay, that you, me, may have life. And have it how? In IVs to the full. King James Version says abundantly. Did you catch that, though? Did you catch it? Jesus said, I came to give you eternal life. Well, yeah, Vern, yeah, I caught that. But did you catch the last part? The rest of the story that they used to say, Jesus said, I came so that you may experience a real life in this world. Real life in this world is experienced by loving God and obeying his commands. That's where you find out what real life really is. Here's the thing, folks. I could stand here. I could quote scripture to you till I'm blueing in the face about how loving, how to love God and obey his command, how all that works. I could do that all day long. I could tell you how living for God has benefited me. But after all this said and done, the best way to convince you of how great 
this life really is, is for you to do it. And you may be looking at me like, well, I thought I was. Well, here's my challenge for you. I want to challenge you. Commit to living life for God, God's way for the next seven days. One week. That's all I ask, one week. Now, you may push back a little bit on the challenge. So if you push back, then I dare you. I dare you. No, wait. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. I double dog dare you. I'm so convinced, folks, that this is going to make you a better person. I'm going to do a little breach of etiquette and jump right into the triple dog dare. I triple dog dare you. Will you accept that challenge? Will you accept the fact that you commit your life to living for God, God's way, for the next week? Go on, I dare you. I dare you. I dare you to allow God, to lo His love to rule in your life when your spouse doesn't hang up their coat or leave their shoes out in the middle of the floor or doesn't empty the dishwasher. Go on, I dare you. Love them like God would love them. I dare you. Go on, I dare you. I dare you to let God's love rule when your neighbor blows his leaves over into your front yard. Go on, I dare you. Go on, folks, I dare you to show God's love when you're through the drive-up window and the line's running really slow. Go on, I dare you. Show the love of God when you pull up that window to pay for your meal because you're in such a hurry and you're such an important person. I trip a dog dare you to commit to asking yourself this question every day for the next seven days is what I'm about to do or say God honoring. Go on, I dare you. Living life for God, God's way. See if it makes you better. Now this challenge isn't just for us sitting in this room or for us that's been Jesus Christ followers for a long time. No, it's, it's for even the beginners as well. The challenge will help you to focus on being an overcomer. That's what this progression is all about. You're being born again. You love God and obey His commands, and you become an overcomer. 1 John chapter 5, the verses 4 and 5, and he says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that, here it is, overcomes the world? Who is it that overcomes the world? Question mark. Boop. Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Folks, the word overcomer implies that something stands in our way. That we are confronted by some obstacle, that we have problems which we have to overcome. An overcomer is not someone who breezes through life without any opposition or obstacles in his way. An overcomer is one who realizes each day will present another problem, another obstacle, another barrier that stands in their way. He acknowledges the problems are there and then sets out to deal with them God's way. Whether or not you are an overcomer has nothing to do with the circumstances around you. It has everything to do with the commitment inside of you. Everyone, folks, everyone has problems. Everyone faces obstacles. The key is what you do in the midst of those problems and obstacles. 
Problems will constantly confront you as, as we live life for God, God's way. Every Jesus follower will have problems to overcome. Three times in the text, John said, true Jesus followers overcomes the world. Three times in there. What is the world? Well, the world is controlled by Satan with all his deceitfulness. The world is our surrendering to sin and its pressure. The world is the suffering and, and its pain. The world is choosing sensuality and its pleasure above loving God and loving people. The world is that which stands in opposition to God. What does the ruler of this world try to do? Well, let me explain that one to you. Satan tries to destroy our life of living God, living for God, God's way. Satan tries to distort our desires. He tries to confuse our value system. He tries to dilute our interest in God's word. Satan even tries to squeeze us into the mold of what the world says we ought to be. He tries to draw us away from God. Satan tries to convince us that God is holding us back. Satan tempts us to forget who we are as Jesus' follower and whose we are. He tries to deceive us into thinking and living a, a lesser life than what God has really created for us. There was a man that approached a little league baseball game one afternoon, and he asked a boy in the dugout, he says, what's the score? Well, the little boy responded, he says, 18 to nothing. He says, we're behind. Boy, <laughs> the spectator said, boy, says, I bet you're discouraged. He said, well, why should I be? He said, we haven't been up to bat yet. You see, folks, it's, that's the spirit of this text. The Jesus followers surrounded by problems, but it's not discouraged, for he sees the problems as a challenge that he can overcome, and he also knows that God is with him to help overcome them. John said, and he repeated it, that Jesus, the Jesus follower can overcome the world. That is the promise of God. You don't have to be defeated by Satan and all the scheming going on. You don't have to be disgraced by your sin. You do not have to be destroyed by pain and suffering. You do not have to be owned by sensuality. You can win the victory. You can overcome. The promise is of God. There are some here today that need to refocus on that promise. Some of you here today are facing some tough times. But I want you to remember this, folks. I want you to remember, God has never, ever totally defeated by the events of the past. Nor will he be by any of the events of the future. We read in Scripture that Joseph was unjustly thrown into prison, but God released him. The Hebrews were in, in slavery, but God delivered them. King David was overwhelmed by the guilt of sin, but God forgave him. Daniel was in the lion's den. God preserved him from that. Jonah was in the belly of the fish. God retrieved him. Jesus was in the tomb, and God raised him. No problem has ever been so great that God in his power could not overcome it. 
And that is the promise that comes to each one of us. Through faith in God's power, we can overcome. Listen, folks, listen. All of life is lived on faith. Of every person has faith in something. We open a can of food and eat it because we have faith that it's not harmful to us. We get on a plane and we sit back and assurance that because of the faith that the person who's flying the plane knows what he's doing. We go to a doctor whose name we can't pronounce and he gives us a prescription we can't read. We take it to a pharmacist we don't know. He gives us the medicine that we don't understand what it is, yet we take it and we do it all on faith. Now, in general, faith means to trust someone else, that faith is at the heart of living life. But John's not talking about this general kind of faith here. He's talking about a particular kind of faith. And he just goes on to describe it in verse 5, where he says, Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He overcomes the world, the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is way more trustworthy than any other thing that you'll ever put your trust in. The faith John is describing here is a faith in Jesus which causes us to be born again. A faith that causes us to love God and obey His commands. A faith which is a key to the be an overcomer of this world. When David Livingston, the great missionary to Africa, was called back to London to receive an honor, he was presented the award before a, a great gathering of well-wishers, and someone asked him, he said, how did you handle it through all those tough times, through the native uprising and all the darkness that was, seemed to overwhelm? Well, he reached in his pocket, and he carried a little pocket Bible with him. He opened it up. It was very worn, and he read from the New Testament. He said, let me share with you the verse that helped me make it through. And he read to him, he says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Because of our faith, folks, we know that God is with us every step of the way. The promise of his presence provides that victory for us if we will choose to live life for God, God's way. Now, do you believe that God is with you everywhere you go? Do you believe that God is able to provide all the things that you need in this world? Do you believe that things of God are permanent and eternal and that God will ultimately win the victory? Do you really have faith in all of that? If you do, you can be an overcomer. But this morning, if you're not, haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in your life, maybe you have questions about faith, maybe you have questions about baptism, maybe you just have issues you need to talk about, I'll be down front, Doc is close by, one of our elders is in the prayer room been praying for us all this morning. If you want to learn more about being an overcomer, would you come talk with us? Thank you.